you have the ability to fill a void in healthcare for those who have insurance and can't afford to use their insurance. With a cash-based system, you can price match insurance. Think about this. There's a software called Ability. Any PT can get it. You just put in your MPI and you can literally run people's insurance to see what their benefit is. When my patients come to me, the majority of them have these high deductible plans. And once it gets toward the end of the year, they're not going to hit that $7,500. So they're going to have to use their coinsurance. But what I do is I go and look at what their insurance will be if their deductible was met. I try to give them their best insurance benefit. So say their deductible isn't met. I'll say, you know what, your deductible's not met, but I'll, I'll match your 20% coinsurance. Or I'll give you your $60 copay. You don't have to pay $280 today. We are not telling you to quit your job. Here at Off The Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneurs Podcast, we are teaching you exactly how to gain your freedom as a healthcare professional in places that school never taught you. This is OTC University and class is in session. Welcome to another edition of Off the Clock, the Healthcare Entrepreneur Podcast. My name is Carl Warren Jr., and I'm joined by my main man, Mr. Paulo Ching. Paul, say what's up to the people. Y'all, how you guys doing? Hopefully, you guys are staying blessed and staying Rona free. Amen to that. So, let's go ahead and let's get right into it. We have another special guest for you guys today. We are back home in the realm of physical therapy. So, this is going to be another special PT episode for you guys. Without further ado, I do want to go ahead and introduce the lovely Dr. Ashley Johnson. Doc, Thank talk you. to us. How you Thank feeling? You. Thank you. Thanks for having me on. Good, feeling blessed and healthy among this COVID pandemic. Um, couldn't really ask for much more, you know. I love it. I feel that 100%. So, <laughs> Doc, we like to be respectful of your time. Let's just go ahead and dive right into it. Tell us, why physical therapy? Um, you know, I am a therapy brat. My mom is an occupational therapist. Uh, she's also now a director of rehab at a skilled nursing facility. Um, I wrote my first eval with my mom. It was like a soap note. Back before um, there was, you know, EMR, they had all the file folders. And, you know, whether it was... HIPAA compliant or not at the time, they would dictate and I would write notes. So I was doing like subjective, objective assessment plan when I was like 13, 14. Um, but my mom always found me going across the hall to the physical therapy because I like to help them with the stairs. I was interested in walking, the balance, the strength, more so than like helping them wash clothes, the memory. I would fall asleep in OT all the time. Um, and so naturally, uh, I was introduced to it young, and then I was an athlete. So I was an avid basketball, track, volleyball player. 
Um, and so the body became something that I loved. I love to train myself. And then having my mom at home, I'd be like, oh, this hurts. Why does this hurt? And she was able to like, you know, tell me. And it became like, I started solving my own body problems, right? So I would sprain my ankle or roll my ankle and I'd be like, it's okay, guys, rice. I'm just gonna rest, ice, compress and elevate. And I was like 15. So um, I just was just like always intrigued with the body. And so that, you know, naturally led me. And then my sisters, uh, they're twins. They're born in 2000. They're born at 28 weeks. Uh, my mom was a high-risk pregnancy. Um, we thought, the doctors told us that they wouldn't be able to walk. The most mobility they would have would be with braces, like leg braces. Um, I learned sign language because they were supposed to be deaf, because things didn't develop in the womb. And God is works in phenomenal ways. It so happened that their home health rehab was when I would get off the school bus. And I was like, how do I help them walk? Like, what do I need to do? Cause we're an athletic family and they're the babies. So, you know, they had a team behind them basically. And so when the therapist would leave, I would be like, okay, placing their hands, you know, approximation, not really knowing what it was at the time, but that's what I was doing, like scapular stabilization, getting their locomotion going. Um, long story short, the twins are now 20 years old, fully ambulating, uh, play tennis, bowling, volleyball, basketball, never had any true limitations. Um, and that's at that point, I was old enough to understand that, you know, your your outcome is bigger. You are bigger than your diagnosis. And if you have someone with heart and with knowledge, you can overcome a lot of things that are put on you. And I think at that point, that's when my heart went to physical therapy. Um, and that it became something like, wow, I can really get people better. Like my sisters can walk, they can run because of rehab. And so, um, that's where, that's where it came from. Now, um, for the people that are listening and they're not watching this on YouTube, uh, they can't see the sign behind you. Right. Um, but you know, I want to ask like, what was the inspiration behind, you know, starting your own business and your own practice. Right. Um, cause I know a lot of people come to PT and they just go and, you know, work at a hospital, work for somebody else, but what inspired you to actually do your own thing and start your own thing? Um, that's a great question. Um, Really, I knew I wanted to be an outpatient. And to be honest with you, I hit burnout really fast. Uh, the I was working four tens and I was like, oh, I have a day off. But like high key, I was recovering. Like I had a night out on the town. Like that fifth day, you know, it wasn't a free day for me, really. I was literally recovering from the past four days of working what was supposed to be 10, but with paperwork ended up being like 11 and a half, 12. Um, and so I was, I fell out of love with rehab. Um, and I fell out of love with it so much that I actually left the profession and I became a volleyball coach for a club. Um, getting paid $60 an hour for privates because I played pro, played college, and parents were, that was the price. And then when I looked at my PT salary versus my hourly training fee, it kind of was like, you know, I don't need to go back to PT. And thankfully, my mom was like, no, you're not going to let 
people steal your passion from you because you love therapy. Remember why you love it. You need to do it on your own terms. Um, I think once my mom sat me down and we went through that, I realized I, it wasn't physical therapy that I didn't like. It was the environment that I had to treat as a physical therapist is what kind of drove me away. Um, and then I started to see patients not come. And I would call them. I'm like, hey, we friends. Like, you know, why aren't you coming to rehab? They couldn't afford their copay. Their deductible was too high. And they need my help. And a lot of these people look like me. They were the patients I was excited to see. They are patients who were excited to see me. And there was a barrier to access now. Um, and, you know, that became a downside. And so I kind of had to put you know, I had to just put it together and say, okay, there's money out there to be made. There's patients that want to see you, but can't afford to see you because the insurance they pay for isn't, isn't doing it for them. So there has to be somewhere where there's a gap of service that I could provide, even for those with insurance. Um, and I kind of, over the course of eight months, created like a financial uh, plan that will allow me to be viable in a competitive market as a cash-based PT, but also be able to still see patients with insurance because I found that even those that are insured can't afford to use their insurance and they need cheaper. Um, and it's, it's unfortunate that that's how our American health insurance system is, but that's the reality of it. So I want to, I want to ask you um, just kind of diving into the into the cash PT a, l a little bit more. Um, just from the standpoint of me being a student, you know, I know that there are countless classmates or just peers that I've had conversations with and they've mentioned wanting to open up their own practice, but they weren't sure really if, if they should go cash-based or right. if they should go the traditional model. Um, for you, for anyone who's listening and, and they're kind of stuck in between the two of those, what would you say are probably the, the three biggest things that they kind of need to be aware of when they're trying to make a decision between those two? Great question. So um, I wanted to keep it simple. Be it that my mom has been in this exact field for so many decades, I've gotten a lot of uh, advice from her insurance is difficult to deal with you know you'll submit a claim and it can be denied they can give you less than what you prepare for so as a sole proprietor and you're banking on certain incomes to make certain bills insurance your income is a big question mark you don't know we may feel like we write a beautiful note i'll be like i this is why this is how this is beautiful and then someone without a bachelor's degree can just deny it and that's gonna mess up you know my money even though my patient is getting better i'm not being compensated for it um and that's one of the biggest, the scariest things about insurance because they give you your, the fee schedules. But then when you look at your contracts with them, they'll pay up to, they'll pay up to 80% of said yada, yada, yada. And it's really hard, especially in this day, in this economic environment for small business owners to create a financial plan based on a question mark. Like I don't have Trump daddy money to just, you know, to front me a, 
you know, I don't have a, a family member that can give me 50,000 to keep my small business going. I have to hustle and figure out and protect myself. Um, and that's why I chose cash because with cash, I can state my price. I can create my price based on what I need to survive, what I need to stay open and to stay viable. And then I can market to reach that price and I can control it. Whereas insurance, if Blue Cross Blue Shield walks in and you say you have to pay a 20% coinsurance, which for students, if you're billing four units, which is one hour, um, at the least you're looking at a $430 treatment and your patient will be responsible for 20% of that every time they come to PT. So that's like, you know, 20% of 430 was uh, $86 until they hit their $7,500 deductible. How do I keep them coming in? It's not us as the PT. It's not our job to make this financially accessible. We can love on them. They can love us. They can invite us to dinner, but that's not, with insurance, you have a block. So, you know, as PTs, we're actually blocked with, we have a glass ceiling with insurance. Um, and that's something that, you know, students need to realize. It's not, you're not, sometimes it's not the type of PT you are as to why your patients aren't coming back. 80% of the time, and I'm saying 80, and I kind of want to say it higher, they can't pay. They're, they're like, it, it's, it's not that you're not beneficial. It's, and we keep saying, do they see value in what we do? It's not that they don't see the value, it's can they afford it? It's PT over lights, PT over cable, PT over kids tuition, and we're gonna lose to those life things because we're not a light, we're not cardiology, we're not life or death. We're, we're almost you know, wellness and, and more into that realm. So people are willing to let those things go because they're not life-threatening. Hmm. Let me ask this. Um, so when, because you brought up a very solid point, I think, um, especially when running on um, practice and physical therapy, I've dealt with the insurance nonsense. Right. right? Uh, it's, it's a pain in the butt. Nobody wants. Shout out to all the insurance companies out there. <laughs> it likes you. Um, <laughs> but it's a, it's a pain nobody wants to deal with because you, you, you can't contemplate um, running a business on a possibly, right? Quote unquote, possibly you can get up to 80% and that's going to turn into like 30% very quickly. Right. And now you're like, who's going to cover the rest. So let me ask you this. What would you say um, for the people that, you know, are listening and could be thinking about, Hey, I want to do a cash practice, right? Mm -hmm. What would you say would be like the top three to four? Let's go three. What would be the top three benefits of running a cash practice and how as it has it enhanced your ability to treat as a therapist? Oh, okay. That's really easy. So one, um, I meet patients where they are. Not only am I going into their environments, I'm going to where they can afford me at. So I state my prices. My, I have, I'm very like straightforward with what I charge. I charge $250 for an eval, $100 a treatment session. If you make three and a half times the poverty level stated by the federal government of the United States of America. Because research shows if you make three and a half times the poverty level, you can get a house. You know what I'm saying? You're, you're living what we call in the US comfortable, which is still lower middle class if, if we're honest. But if my patients are making 
or meeting that poverty level or making less, they're only paying $60 an eval. They're only paying $30 a treatment session. Now, when I provide service, now my patients don't have a financial barrier to what I'm telling them they need. Now they're more receptive because they understand I'm some something that they can afford. That's the first thing. You, you can listen. Patients will listen to you more because you remove that financial barrier, especially when you meet them where their pockets are at. Two, you have the ability to fill a void in healthcare for those who have insurance and can't afford to use their insurance. With a cash-based system, you can price match insurance. Think about this. Somebody, so um, there's a software called Availity. Any PT can get it. You just put in your MPI and you can literally run people's insurance to see what their benefit is. When my patients come to me, the majority of them have these high deductible plans. And once it gets toward the end of the year, they're not going to hit that $7,500. So they're going to have to use their coinsurance. But what I do is I go and look at what their insurance will be if their deductible was met. I try to give them their best insurance benefit. So say their deductible isn't met. I'll say, you know what, your deductible is not met, but I'll, I'll match your 20% coinsurance. Or I'll give you your $60 copay. You don't have to pay $280 today. And so that's the second thing. The third thing is when you, you have the ability to do pro bono because of the money that you're bringing in, cashing out every day. Um, with insurance, you're waiting 30, 60, 90. With cash base, I have current cash flow. You know, if you're seeing, even at my lowest cash rate, if I see eight patients, at $30, I made $240 that day. That matched my salary at 85K here in Georgia. It matched it. And that's at my lowest price point. But I have patients that pay $100 a treatment, some that pay $75 a treatment. So I'm bringing in on an average $340 to $500 a day. And that's just, I'm not waiting for that. Now I have like that financial capital to do things. Now I have money to market my business. Now I can afford to help somebody who can't pay that $30. Now I'm like, okay, you're way over what you need to make. Now I can do pro bono without going broke. And that's the overall goal, right? We want to reach people as a, as a, as medical we want to reach people who can't get us. That's why we have doctors without borders. However, we have all the borders here in the United States. I don't know if you guys have ever done Doctors Without Borders. You definitely should. Um, I did it for two summers in Guatemala. We have no limitation. We have no limitation. Someone can be at the store. We can treat them, and it's fine. But here in America, we can't do that. Uh, you, you literally can't do it. You can't just go and help whoever. They have to actually be a patient. And we can't get enough percentage of pro bono patients because we don't have enough capital. We don't have enough capital because insurance is piecemealing us as doctors, limiting what we can do for America. So it's like, how do we stop that? One, we got to get money in our pockets. We get that directly from the people, meet them at what they can afford, and you'll benefit from it. And now you can help more people. And that's the biggest thing I want all new grads to understand. We have to understand the financial system that we're going into as doctors of physical therapy, because it, it blew my mind. And my mom didn't, and I was upset that my mom didn't explain it to me. And I feel like it's this thing that we don't really speak about 
it's like, oh, we know insurance is bad, but we're just gonna, we're just gonna keep on. We're not gonna create any way around it. Like, no, I think it's our, I think, I feel like our generation and beyond um, healthcare is gonna get shaken up because it doesn't make sense. Very well said. Those were definitely some gems that, that needed, to, needed to be heard. So kind of transitioning a little bit, but still staying along the path of, of the cash-based practice. Talk to us a little bit about what, it, what it's had to look like for you as far as your overhead and as far as, you know, being in the clinic, what things you've kind of had to realize, okay, maybe this isn't a necessity. Maybe this is something that, you know, is more of a luxury. What, what has that process been like? And, and kind of talk to us a little bit about how you can navigate that as someone who would want to open a cash-based practice. Right. Um, you guys ask really good questions, like really good questions. So, you know, one thing that I've known, I've seen is there's a big deterrent to go into your own practice. I always, everyone's like, oh, the reimbursement. There's always like, oh, the overhead, you know, overhead is what you make it. No one said you had to go out and buy 30 Zynex machine or like 30, whatever those exercise equipment things. Nobody said that. No one says you needed $500 treatment tables from the PT magazine. All we said is we need things that can help stabilize, strengthen, and move our patients in a safe environment. And that's exactly what I did when I was thinking about, you know, my budget for my clinic because I didn't get my clinic on loans. I did this all out of, like, I owe nobody nothing. And that's another issue with PT clinic overhead is we have this huge equipment overhead. We're leasing and we have to make payments on equipment and it's like, at what point do we build the value? So I basically, um, people can't see, but I got, I did Craigslist hunting, got me a nice treadmill, a nice recumbent bike. Um, I searched long and hard for a good Bowflex because that's a perfect cable column machine for upper and lower extremity. I was able to get one of those for under 700. Hydroculator on Craigslist, drove to Florida to get that. I'm not going to pay $1,500 for a hydroculator. I pay $500 for it. Um, fridge used, cabinets unfinished from Home Depot. It, you have to become resourceful. And it's like we create this stigma that you need all this money to do something when really I opened my clinic for under $10,000. And that includes my leasing, you know, paying like my first, uh, first and last month's rent for the suite. Um, and I think that we just have to become more in, have more ingenuity in regards to what we spend in our clinics. Um, my tables, I think they were $400 each. And again, all this money, I, I should have kind of went back. All this investment money I got for my clinic, I started because I started my clinic with $0. I found a volleyball facility because I played college and pro volleyball that wanted me to coach. When I walked in, they had all this space. So I was able to negotiate. I'm like, y'all have um, emergency medical response? Anybody to see the girls if they get injured? They're like, oh no, we just put ice on it. And then I'm like, well, that's not really smart. That's not even, that's not good for y'all at all. So I was able to say, I'll be in the gym for free. I'll 
be in the gym for free five days a week. Give me that corner. Let me put my banner up. Let me put my treatment table out there and you tell the girls that I'm y'all PT. And that was a year ago. So I started a clinic without, I, I found a facility that kind of already had this stuff together, but I was able to show them the value of a physical therapist. So by doing that, working my full-time job from 7 a.m. to 4 p.m., then going to do court coverage from 5 p.m. to 9 p.m. at this facility, I ended up seeing six to eight girls a night at $40 to $50 a pop. And I did this for eight months. I was tired. But when you meet people where they are and you have a skill of PT, they're going to, you know, oh, she played D1 and she's a PT. She, she can fix you. She's going to fix you better than they're going to fix you. And that's what ended up happening. So now after that, now I have seed money, right? Now I'm able to take my business to the next level. And that's how I was able to open up my brick and mortar without having any overhead. And that's a big mistake a lot of PTs make. Everyone just tries to get a loan, tries to get the equipment, make it look nice. But really, the best business plan is to start mobile. Start in your community. Start at your church where people know you, where you play basketball, where you already have respect, because they're going to give you their dollars quickly. You don't have to prove anything to them because they already like you. Then once that happens, word of mouth is crazy. Word of mouth is like 90, I don't even get that. I don't even talk to MDs. Like 90% of my referrals are all word of mouth. And then once you build up money, that's when you go and you get the clinic. We can't, you know, we're already in debt, like, but we put ourselves in debt to get into business. And like, that's one of the biggest mistakes. That's why you see PT businesses open and close in two years. That's true. Oh my gosh, that's true. Oh, that is, listen, I co-run um, a PT business mm-hmm. and everything you're saying is just straight facts, like from the start to finish. I need the listeners to understand. Um that you're absolutely right. Like you don't need to get so caught up in wanting to have all the fancy stuff. I think also it's like that notion that, you know, I just came from all my rotations and, and they had, had all the sweet stuff, but you also understanding that you just came from a spot that probably has multiple locations. They're running a thousand, whatever employee business. And it's just you, like you're not going to just pull up and it makes absolutely no sense to grab like 50 grand, from the bank um, to pay more, to pay them back more money than they gave you um, just to, yeah, now you spoke facts. Okay. So let me ask you this question. <laughs> um, you know, you mentioned that you're able to negotiate. I think uh, that's one of those lost, lost arts um, over yeah. time where people just don't know how to negotiate. So what I want to ask you is for the people that, um, you know, they want to be able to start their own business. I want to be able to run their own thing. How do you go about negotiating things so that you can ensure that every deal that you make, mm-hmm. right? And hear me on this one. Every deal that you make includes most of what you want. Because I know, you know, people like you got to give up to get, right? But how are you able to ensure that you actually receive the stuff that you set out to get via negotiation? Right. So... I'm going to have to say part of that is genetic. My dad's from the South side of Chicago. I got a little bit in me. 
Like I'm always about negotiating, talking, getting business taken care of. Um, what we fail to realize as PTs is that we're healers, right? We have the ability to get people out of pain and get them moving better. That's the biggest negotiation chip that you can ever have. The question is, how do we get that first person, you know what I'm saying? So, so that we can have a negotiation chip. Whenever I'm doing any type of deal, I always, always offer myself for free. I always offer myself for free because no one is going to say no. And all you need is a foot in the door to prove your worth. So let's talk about my volleyball situation. I walked in there for free. They gave me my little area. You know, I just, I was always there for free. If people paid me for services that I, you know, got, that's what happened. Now we're in the second season. Now the second season is different because now they know my benefits. Now people are talking. Now girls have gotten better. Now when I'm at the table, okay, we need a, we, what percentage of tuition is going towards sports medicine? Because we've proved girls get injured. They needed me and I made them better. So you're, if you're investing in these girls for championships, you need to invest in their health. How, what percentage of your players' tuition are you going to put toward their wellness? Now we have a contract. Now I'm salary. Now I'm hiring people. So now I have five athletic trainers, about eight strength and conditioning coaches that work with me in this club of 400 and something athletes that I have by myself. And that didn't come just because they saw value in PT and sports med. It came through offering a free service, showing what you can do, and then you can negotiate. It's not exactly how I negotiate. It's at what point in our relationship do I negotiate? I always go in plotting. I know what I want to do. I knew I wanted to be their director of sports med. I knew I wanted athletic trainers. They didn't have to know all that in the beginning because I needed them to trust in, in me and my ability to make people better. And I think as PTs, we come to the table with, I'm a doctor PT. This is what I do. I can help you. And people are like, eh, okay. Cause no one has good experiences in PT. Very few people. And I hate that. I hate to say it, but all my patients are like, oh, this is PT. And I'm like, I'm so sorry that whatever you endured before wasn't what I'm doing right now because I don't think I don't feel I do anything special. I feel I do like what we were what we were taught, basically. Um, and so that's the biggest thing. It's not really how I negotiate. It's when I negotiate. <laughs> My job. Mic drops for real. No, seriously. Um, oh my goodness. This was amazing because we really needed to be able to go below the surface, you know, on, on, on what this looks like to be able to build what you've built. You know, you are, you are a success story of what it looks like to do it, you know, and, and, and make it happen. So no, thank you. Um, we are greatly uh or we greatly appreciate you being able to to come on you know and, and drop those gems on us and our listeners for for anyone who is listening and they're they're saying this is their first time being exposed to you and they'd like to get in contact with you what would be some 
uh, contact information or some social media information that you would want to leave with them? Oh, for sure. I'm very active on Twitter. I'm always dropping biz PT, cash PT gems. You can follow me at DocJPT. That's D-O-C-J-A-Y-P-T. Um, and that's my handle for Instagram and Twitter. And you can go to my website, www.docjpt.com. Perfect. Paul, talk to them about the shirts. Hey, listen, I was, I was about to segue into that bad boy, but since you already announced it to the world, <laughs> y'all, at this point, we've been telling y'all for so long that the shirts are free. At this point, they're probably not anymore. <laughs> oh, no. Okay, we've been telling y'all for weeks that they were free. At this point, they're not anymore, but you can still get your shirt if we so decide to do them at a discount. I'm not sure yet. We'll see what we decide when, the, when it goes up. But um, make sure you text the word shirt to 321-384-6275. Again, that is text the word shirt, and it has to be the word shirt, to 321-384-6275. 7-5 to get yours. Again, Carl got the black one on right now. I have the gray one on right now. We have They're the white nice. one as well. As appreciate that. These are the physical therapy ones, right? We got the physical therapist ones. If you want a custom color, again, that will be extra. Please don't don't ask us for the same joint because our plug is on some other stuff. So shout out to them though. Um yeah, get your shirt, man. 321-384-6275. And uh, we'll get you set up, taken care of. Perfect. Thank you, Paul. With that being said, to our lovely listeners, we know you guys got some value from this, especially our, our, our PT listeners. Hit Ashley up. Tell her how much you appreciated the gems that she brought to this episode. Leave us a five-star review, comment, subscribe, share, all that good stuff. Until next time, peace, many blessings. Thank you for listening to another episode of Off the Clock. This episode was brought to you by The Accepted System. The Accepted System is a program that helps pre-physical therapy students get into physical therapy school without wasting time or money. Most pre-PT students go on to spend hundreds of dollars applying to multiple DPT programs, with the majority of them having less than 40% confidence that they will actually get accepted that cycle. You have been taught that regardless of all the work you put into applying, you really do not have much control over your acceptance into PT school. The truth is, you actually do. You can find help at www.preptgrindotc.com. This episode was also brought to you by PhysioMemes. PhysioMemes helps PT businesses to increase their referrals through word of mouth marketing by growing their brand with an online store. PhysioMemes. Thank you for listening. Don't be shy to leave a review and subscribe to the podcast. See you next episode.